right, all right. Thanks for the applause. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So that's the kind of applause I hope we get when we get to heaven. Hopefully we'll be louder than that. Amen. Huh? <laughs> All right. Welcome to our third episode of Come Let Us Reason Together. I am one of the one of the dual head monster of hosts. My name is uh, Sean Allen, and I'm joined always by my amazing co-host and brother, the Al- Bishop. Alvin Hall. All right. All right. Amen. <laughs> So you ready to get this party started, my friend? Amen. Let's go. Okay. Before we even get started, we're going to uh, kind of recap on something. We're going to give two scripture references before we get we talk about our topic. We're going to give two scripture, two quick scripture references as to why we do what we do and to set the platform for the show and hopefully for other continual shows so you'll understand what we're doing, what we're doing. Then we're going to go straight into our topic. Uh, uh, so if you have your Bibles, you know, they always say that at church, right? If you have your Bibles, we want to look at first. Second Timothy chapter two, starting at verse 15, and it reads, this is how it reads in the uh, English Standard Version. It says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed. And it's the key part, rightly handling the word of truth, rightly handling. OK, then we're going to hop over <clears throat> same book, third chapter. And we're going to go all the way down. Two, verse 16, and this is the scripture we really want to hit with before we introduce our topic. We want to say all scripture is breathed out by God or is God breathed or inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness. In verse 17, that the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So just in a nutshell, the reason why we always want to launch with those two verses is because one of the things that we want to emphasize on come, let us reason together is, is that we always want to point out that the word of God is always going to be the final court of authority on all things spiritual that we discuss on this show. It's not about our experiences. It's not about our, uh, uh, you know, whatever, uh, we're going to talk, touch, touch on that a little bit more, but we just want to make sure that you guys understand that anything that we discuss is always going to be filtered through the lens of scripture. All right. Anything you want to add to that, brother, before we no, go to the topic? You said it, you know, in a nutshell and, and you said it adequately and perfectly. OK, cool. And so then we're going to add this element to it as well, because in the topic that we're going to get ready to, to discuss, another area or lens that we want to filter these things through would be the idea of understanding church history. OK, uh, so we're not saying that you got to go out and be scholars because between ourselves and I know brother, Alan agree with me on this. We don't we don't try to come off as scholars. All right? Absolutely. Right. We're just two brothers that love the love the Lord. Right. Most importantly, we love his word and we both uh, understand the necessity just even off those two scriptures that we just read. When you have the proper understanding and the priority of the word of God and what it's supposed to be in our lives. I think I said this on a one in one of our episodes where some people actually are taking this stance like the word of God, like we we're keeping the Lord in a box when we adhere to his word, but not really understanding that the word of God is the fence that God keeps us in. In other words, everything that we need for faith and practice of this walk on this side of eternity is encapsulated in the very words of God. And so, so the value of the word of God is immeasurable. But with that, we also want to make sure that we even through the, through the lens of scripture, we look at church history. And if you be honest, uh, when we have these experiences, and then I'll let you jump in here, brother, obviously you can uh, quarterback this thing home. Um, when we look at a lot of experiences, like when we study like some of the Old Testament saints, you know, I'm talking about like the Old Testament, you know, like the, the after the forefathers, like Polycarp, if I'm saying his name correct, uh, uh, Trajan, uh, Origen. Uh, uh, We're not. 
not Old Testament. I mean, not Old Testament, yeah. Church history, I'm sorry. Yeah, I stand corrected. Yeah, yeah. Church history. Yes. Church fathers. Church fathers, thank you. So, yes, so that's correct. I stand corrected on that. So, church fathers is our church history. And just down to the annals of history, when we study things, we should look for a consistent thread. And we're not saying that we're building doctrinal premises off of church history, but church history should even still be filtered through the lens of scripture. And in some cases, if there is something that is new, or if I say it like that, because you're looking at what, 2000 years of church history, uh, give or take a few years, I'm sure. But we want to, if there's something, uh, ideology or a phraseology or something that comes off as being new, and we'll kind of go into detail about that probably throughout the course of the show. We even want to take that and filter that through the lens of scripture to find out, is it biblical? Is it something that the church fathers uh, taught? Is it something that we is encapsulated within scripture most importantly? So with that, uh, uh, I'll turn it over to you. I just want to lay that platform out there. And, no, you, I mean, you said it, you mm-hmm. said it again, adequately and, and, and thank you uh, perfectly. Uh, you know, I would just add that one reason that we look at church history mm-hmm. is because it gives us the insight on you know the the studies uh, and and the uh, for lack of better a better term the energy effort and 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 hard work that they put into studying scripture right and so when you look at early church history and and and, and the writings of uh, church early church fathers yes and when we say fathers we just we mean um, like you mentioned a, a couple of people. Uh, Augustine, Augustine. Uh, mm-hmm. origin, uh, and and by no means was their writing um, uh, inspired to the degree of scripture, but they had in their possession um, at that time the originals um, for the most part. They had they had early, if not the originals, early church copies. Yes, right? um, and so uh, the the the. the uh, foundations of our Christian faith were were hashed out for for lack of a better term, right in the, in those early centuries in yes. the first century in in the second century so when we look at church history from from the perspective of church fathers and and what they did right and what they wrote it gives us a better sense of what we ought to be doing and accepting and and, and some of the things that we ought not to accept today. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's always a better thing that, you know, we, we've got so many things that are, that are being taught. And, and if, can I, if I could, if I could just add in America, yes, because a lot of the things that are going on in America, when it goes to, I was just studying for today's topic. Um, I was looking at some, some, some stuff online. Right. And one of the things that uh, a person said was, man, where I'm from, you know, we don't have all this superstitious stuff that you guys have right. going on in America. <laughs> right, right. Right? And so w- when you look back at church history, it you, you, get, a, you get to a better perspective or a different perspective from gleaning it from, uh, you know, the lens of those early church fathers and, or, and, and, and the way the church operated back then. Mm-hmm. Right? So it, it, just, it just helps you to be able to weed through some of, you know the 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 noise and the mess that um, 
we have going on here in our, in our society in our time today. So let's let's let me see if I can pose this as a question real quick. Then, uh, in light of what you just said, so let's just say like uh, like you know you're going all the way back. And again, thank you for correcting me on that to the church fathers. And we look at as we pinpoint from the era of the apostles to most of the church fathers, and then even up until our current age of of of, of church history, even now, right? Can I say something? Yes. And to those folks. This is the one thing that that I love about Sean and Sean loves about me. Mm-hmm. He uses the word correct. Well, there are going to be times when he corrects me mm-hmm. and I correct. <laughs> and, and, and we love that mm-hmm. because people will take something that you said. And it's a simple, you know, a mistake. Mm-hmm. And we neither one of us are perfect. That's why we don't come up here trying to make ourselves seem like we we're scholars. Right. We we would. If someone wants to call us theologians, okay, but let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. Every person who is a Christian Mm -hmm. ought to be a theologian. Ought to be a theologian. That's correct. Sean, what is theology? Study of God. That's the study of God. (laughs) So every saint ought to want to know and study God. That's what we just that's our our theme scripture, right? Yep. Study to show thyself approved approved unto God. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So yeah, we we take serious the study of God. Getting to know him Getting to know him intimately. Yes. But guess what? We're human. Mm-hmm. So we can we we're gonna miss say some things and we're gonna forget some things and you know da da. But that's why we're here because iron sharpens iron. Exactly. If I make a mistake, I encourage my brother. I love it when he comes and he says, "Doc, you meant this, or you th- it's really this," mm-hmm. because that helps me to grow. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so so you know, he says correct. I, I don't I don't consider it correct anymore. I, I just consider you know. Him, helping him like he as much as he helps me. Amen, amen, amen. That's what you're supposed to put in the applause in there, Miles. <laughs> Shout out to our, our engineer, Miles Dixon. He always gets it. Amen. So, 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 Listen, we, you know who Miles Davis is, right? Exactly. You know, Miles Davis, that musician. Man. Exactly. He, he, with, 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 with instruments, and Miles Davis is bad. Exactly. But Miles. But Miles Dixon. Man. <laughs> That's a bad there, bro. There, there you go. <laughs> Man, with all Miles these tools, yeah. I'm telling you. Miles Dixon is the Miles Davis of engineers. Let's say it like that. Let's say it like that. Amen. So, yeah. So, anyway, to get back to the point, and I appreciate that. Um, uh, and that's actually the whole premise of Come Let Us Read it Together as well. So, it's just discussion, right? But uh, to get back to the question, right? So, when we look at uh, going down to the annals of church history again, right? From the time of the apostles, you know, to the time of the church fathers. And even if you want to look at this era that we're in now, uh, some 2000 years later, right? Right. Uh, I'm, I'm sure because you said something very powerful, you know, like when you uh, uh, based on like on the video or some studies you were doing that, you know, people look at us here in the West or in the United States and be like, mm-hmm. man, we don't have all that stuff going. As a matter of fact, I heard a missionary say once, like, we praying for y'all over there <laughs> because of all the stuff you guys get bombarded with. OK. And that should be a huge wake up call. But what would you say to somebody when it comes to like church history? Because we and we had a conversation about this, but just for our listening audience, let's kind of bring this in before we get to our topic. Um, when you look at recent and I'm going to use the word phenomenon. OK, uh, maybe we can use the word teaching or whatever the case is. Right. Uh, because when you look at church history in, in the years of the of the church fathers, especially the ones that were foundational in a lot of the tenets that we even follow to this day versus to say like something that maybe happened within the last. 150 to 100 years okay uh and some people might look at it as if it's a new move of god if i can use that vernacular okay well they use the term right yes uh uh-huh uh uh how should we filter like the so-called new 
in light of, okay, like what the church fathers have established. And I'm asking that just to kind of set us up and segue us to, to what we're going to be discussing today. Because I think that, you know, because it's like, uh, you know, you, 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 a lot of people when they come to church, you know, you hear like the catchphrases, you hear the, the, the some, some phraseologies and stuff like that. And a lot of times we say them or we do them and, and not re- really thinking about maybe the theological implications of it or what's the historical. Well, give me an, give us an example of a catchphrase. Uh, so that, that, that is a good segue, my <laughs> brother okay so 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 a good a good way to to get, get a good example of that and to segue into that is like when you hear the term drum roll please all right when you hear the term pleading the blood oh okay. yes pleading the blood and, and i'm sure we've been in enough church circles where we've heard that phraseology before so yeah. but but where do you take a phraseology like that and then in light of what we know of church history how do we filter all of that together if that makes sense and so and so i guess we use that because that's what we're discussing today Let, let's just say it like that that's what we're discussing today we're actually discussing the idea of pleading the blood right, right? should 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 we should christians plead the blood yes. of jesus mm. and that's that's and for the listening audience this is going to be a controversial topic but before we get started bro can we give them the uh the number again if they want to call in do we have the number available yeah it's two four eight Eight five four nine eight five zero. It should be coming up on the screen momentarily. Number is going to be two four eight eight five four nine eight five zero to call in and uh, have a conversation. Uh, can they call in live? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can call in live. Yeah, call call in and make a comment. Ask a question uh, about today's topic. Yes, you know, and and, and another thing we want we want to put out there too is um, if there's something that you want us to look into yes. or to to discuss mm-hmm. call in call uh, in please we we may not necessarily talk about it today but we will do the research um and let you know when it's going to come up and we'll have that discussion um in 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 you know a few weeks or yes. a couple of weeks mm-hmm. a couple of weeks yeah, so so you know call in and and um with your questions or comments uh, on the topic today of should christians Plead the, the blood, blood of Jesus. Jesus. And that's one right there. That's that's one right there. Because let's just be honest. Growing up, uh, and I'll, I'll, let me just say this to segue, and I'm going to pitch it back over to you. Um, growing up, uh, um, I, I'm old school Kojic, okay? So basically mm-hmm. that, that would encapsulate me as old school Pentecostal charismatic, mm-hmm. okay, if you will, um, and everything else. And then the circles that I grew up in in the early years, which those circles are still important to me. Uh, but that's where that phraseology was first introduced to me. And even in my development as a minister, uh, you know, that, yeah, I've prayed those prayers many of times. Right. Just uh, but uh, without necessarily and I have to be brutally honest, but without necessarily looking into the theological implications of what it fully means. And so we're all on a quest of, of a journey of, uh, of, gro- of growing. Okay. You know, I, I have this belief that you should never leave a day without at least taking one new thing out of it. As far as like learning something. Absolutely. That ought to be the mentality of trying what we, what we try to do in yes. every day is 
let me go out of this day with being better than what I what I came into it. Exactly. So so every day should be a day where you take some nugget of truth. It might be something that you didn't know and then just take it over into, a, you know, a, a, a carry over into a new day. Right. Yeah. And so so I try to uh, do that in and of myself. So I say that to simply say that as I began to grow in the faith and mature in the faith, I realized that there's a lot of things uh, along not only just with this topic, but a lot of things that we do and say that you have to begin to question, do they really have a basis in Scripture? Amen. OK. Or are we just saying them because we heard the minister for two generations removed been saying it, but we never asked the questions. And so then you then you have to ask yourself, like, well, if it's not rooted in Scripture, why am I saying it? OK. Mm-hmm. And then if you start asking, why am I saying it? Then, you know, me, I'm a researcher. And I know you are, too. So we begin to do research and then you find out that, OK, there's more to this than just surface level stuff. And that's what we want to talk about today. So so I guess I'll ask another question then is because I think we we already said so, like. Like, what has been your experience with this term? And then, like, uh, what do you? We, we, I think we both agree because we're, we're going to hit on this too. Um, we can't pinpoint like a particular event, like when this teacher, right? Like, like a Zusa, yes. you know, with with the, you know, Zusa Street, you know, word of faith and 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 spiritual. I would say spiritual gifts, but uh-huh. there from from my study so far, yes. And if you if you know if um, if you're out there and you know where if there was a particular point or um, some kind of meeting or some kind of event that um, spurred on this this move or this this teaching, um, please call in. Yes, uh, give us that information. So far, um, I haven't really <clears throat> been able to narrow any one specific uh, event. Yes, um, but. Um, what I think had ha- has happened mm-hmm. is um, that it, it, from all the research that I've done so far, mm-hmm. and, and believe me, we're 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 constantly looking at at these things and and and, and growing in our knowledge of them. But um, it it has its roots in more of the Pentecostal charismatic movement. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a, a lot of it uh, that I've seen. Uh, is housed in um, pros- the prosperity gospel. Yes. Right. And so, but um, what, what, what I want to, let, let me ask you this question. Sure. Finish this phrase. Mm-hmm. The race is not given to the swift. But to he that endures. <laughs> to the end. To the end. Mm-hmm. Now, man, I tell you, I, I, I used to quote that and say that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I guarantee you, most folks in, in churches, if you say, finish this, the race is not given to the swift or the crown or the race is not given to the swift, but unto he that endured to the end. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's not scripture. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, I guarantee you there's somebody out there right now saying, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. My, I know that scripture. I, I said that all my life. Mm-hmm. The race ain't given to the swift, but unto he that endured to the end. It is not. Scripture. It's not scripture. You, you will not find that in the Bible. Now, you, the race is not given to the swift. Mm-hmm. Ecclesiastic. Yes. Right? Um, and I can't remember the whole verse. And then in, in, in the New Testament, there is a, a, a text that talks about um, that the person is not crowned unless he mm-hmm. finishes the race. The finishes the race. Right? That's correct. And so what I believe happened, even within that, right, mm-hmm. is that some preacher probably preached the sermon and he put those two texts together. Yes. And he came up probably with a title 
um, that was the race is not given to the swift, but unto he that endureth until the end. Mm-hmm. And and somehow, some way, and this is just uh, you know my 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 supposition of it. Uh, somehow, some way, it just began to be spread, and and now everybody believes that this is scripture, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not, right? Now, that's not just because it's not scripture doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing, though, right? That's exactly. Um, mm-hmm. The race isn't given to the swift, and you have to finish to you the have end, to endure, right? <laughs> but the 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 thing is. Is are those principles found in Scripture? Right. So I can go to Scripture and I can find the bedrock, the foundation for the belief that okay, I I, I don't have to be the fastest runner. I just got to run on with Jesus exactly. and finish the course. Mm-hmm. Right? I can find that exactly. Mm-hmm. But what I can't find if if there's a if there's something that is taught and I can't find that anywhere in Scripture, mm-hmm. then. Why should I believe that? Exactly. If, if, there, if there's no foundation, there's no biblical uh, uh, blueprint, there's no biblical uh, 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 significance, there's nothing in the Bible that, that alludes to it or teaches it, then why am I wasting my time with it? And that's a good point. And not only just from the point of, and I want to reemphasize something else with that, not only from the, of course, most importantly, from the place of Scripture, because, again, and that's why we led with the Scriptures we led with. Because, remember, I said the Word of God is used for training, for reproof, for correction, right? Meaning that it is the standard by which we govern everything by. So any teaching that comes about, any phraseology that a preacher comes about, it still has to be filtered through that. But that's why we also, you know, in essence to what you just said, that's why we also want to look at church history as well because if 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 these guys the church fathers that we were talking about who had the the original source material if i could say it like that uh to which they themselves had to govern themselves by then we look at church history and even with their writings and again we're not saying that their writings are inspired on the level of god but they did have great intellectual, practical, and spiritual practices and ideologies that we could at least, you know, filter, once again, filter through scripture and find the practicality of it. And if we're, even if we're not seeing something in the place of church history that, that hasn't been done, then that should be a red flag. And if it's something that has been introduced within the last hundred years, yeah, within the last hundred years, then I think we do ourselves a disservice to not do our due diligence of research to see like, okay, well, where did this come from? Or where did this, where, where, where is it found in scripture? And then if it's found in scripture, what was the early church father's view on something like this? Now I can go back and search like anything from scripture, like how you just pointed out the, uh, the, the scripture that, you know, like you said, somebody probably put something together, mm-hmm. you know, we can go back and we can research the Greek. We can research probably what some of the writings that some of the church fathers have said and everything else. And we can probably build a whole thesis on a lot of stuff, but it can still was still fall within that pantheon of thought that says it lines up with scripture. Mm-hmm. But again, if we're talking about something in phraseology and ideologies that like within the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years, a hundred years or so, that is relatively new. Then I think we do ourselves a disservice by not by not trying to filter it through Scripture to see does this line up 
you know, is it an area that compromises a fundamental or an essential? Is mm-hmm. it something that we can put in the category of a non-essential? Or is it something even to the point, and yes, I will of say heresy. It, of heresy. Absolutely. Okay. And heresy, and I'll just say this real quick, because and we definitely want to be on guard against heresy, because at the end of the day, now, some levels of heresy, let's just be honest, there, there are some ideas that of heresy. And what we mean by heresy is we just talk about teachings that go against <clears throat> The, 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 the teachings of the gospel. OK, and that's going to be a whole nother show in and of itself. And so but so when we talk about heresy, that's what we're talking about in, in the spiritual sense. The reason why now some heresy is kind of foolish. Let's just be honest. OK, uh, and I, I say that in not to be funny, but, you know, if you've, you've been around it, being somebody that that looks into uh, I'm a fan of uh, what they call counter cult apologetics. OK, and so I study like the cults and cultic organizations that are out there. And so uh, so and sometimes you might hear something that's like, y'all really believe that. And, you know, you kind of give a raised eyebrow. But but there is also the dangerous type of heresy that is demonically led. Right. Absolutely. And and this is where we really want to be on guard with our level of discernment. And so to stay on point and to get to the heart of our topic. Right. We want to study this from the perspective of because is this something that is really scriptural? Is it something that is in and notice how I'm saying this, folks, is it something that is rooted within the context of Scripture that when we read Scripture, we have the foundational truth that says that this is why we do what we do? If it's there and if it can be backed by Scripture, yes, one heartily, go full throttle, obey it, follow it. If it's didactic, meaning if it's something that is studied that can be applied in the practical sense from after studying it, apply it, go from there. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Okay. okay. But so again, let me just get this number. Yes, again. go right ahead. Um, just the, to give the number again that you can call in is 248-854-9850. Call yeah. in. Please call in. Yes. Come let us reason together. Yes. And so with that, and then if it's something to finish the point, and then we can get straight to it, um, if it's something that can't be supported by Scripture, and yes, I'm going to say this, if it even causes you to change your thinking... Because I'd rather have myself lined up with what God says than lined up with my own personal ideologies or my per- personal feelings on a matter, whatever the case is. If God gave us the word, that means that what God said he meant to say. And I'd rather line myself up with that in the practices than just have be stuck in my own way of thinking that this is how things could be. Because in the end, my level of doing things, my spirituality of doing things is going to cause a shift wreck at the end of the day. But if I trust in what God is saying and following the yes and amen of the promises of God, then I find that there will be success, if you will, if I can say it like that. So in this pleading the blood, OK, you said that uh, that um, that uh, that you believe that we like I said we couldn't pinpoint an event, but we just have a we'll say we'll just say an idea that maybe somebody just. Maybe one in, in one of the last like 100 years or so, somebody may have said something and then it was like a catchphrase that just kind of took off. So so what we both <clears throat> um, what we both come across in our studies is that there are there are basically two camps yes. uh, uh, um, of understanding when it comes to pleading the blood. One is a legalistic camp. Yep. Right. And the other is a mystical kind of right. kind, kind of belief system. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to deal, first of all, with the, uh, this idea um, that some have that it's related to pleading the blood 
they say they, they get their foundation of pleading the blood from the Old Testament mm-hmm. um, events in Exodus. Yes. Um, where the children of Israel were in slavery and in bondage. Mm-hmm. And so while they were in bondage, Moses comes and he tells Pharaoh, hey, let my people go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pharaoh refuses. God begins to send plagues. Mm-hmm. The 10th plague is uh, a plague that they say is their foundation and belief for um, where pleading the blood is tied to in the Old Testament. Right? Mm-hmm. So they see this as um, God comes and he tells uh, Moses, tell all my people that to take a lamb mm-hmm. and kill the lamb and take the blood of the lamb with hyssop mm-hmm. and take that blood and smear it over the doorposts or the lintels of the house. And wherever I see the blood applied, mm-hmm. when I come in, I will pass over that house where the blood is mm-hmm. and my, and I will not kill the firstborn of that home. Mm-hmm. And so they say that this is where they get pleading the blood. Yes. Because to plead the blood in their sense says that, listen, I plead the blood that covers me, which keeps all my enemies and the things that the enemy would have or try to do for me. Mm-hmm. It nullifies or it, it covers me so that the enemy cannot touch me. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's that's one of the, the, the arguments that they make as it relates to having the legal benefit that gives them the power and the authority to plead the blood. Mm-hmm. What's your take on that? No, I 100% agree on that. And, and what, again, speaking from the place of the Passover, because you said something that was very powerful. And, you know, even if, you, even if you've seen Ten Commandments, okay, you know mm-hmm. the scene in the movie, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll use that as my reference point. But, mm-hmm. um, but like I said, you put the blood on the door, right? right. And, and, and as, as you quoted, and here's the part that was funny because, and we, looked, we talked about this, because it was God who said that when I see the blood, mm-hmm. okay, I will what? I will pass over. Okay. And so thus, that's where the, the institution of the festival of Passover came from. But we also know it prophetically pointed to the person of Christ. And so when God see, you know, saw the blood, right, right. He would pass over. So we know in the prophetic sense that the lamb that was sacrificed, okay, it all points to prophetically the sacrificial atonement, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and through his bloodshed. Okay. Mm -hmm. We have the remission of sin, but there is a principle I think in Passover that we see in the person of Jesus Christ, because now when you study scripture enough and when you study how, quote unquote, we are covered by the blood. Right. And that the blood is our covering. Right. Right. Now, we're not talking about the blood in the elemental sense. We're not talking about a B positive, a B negative or anything like that. Okay, even though Jesus was the Greek word is the anthropos. He was the God man. He had blood. Okay, but we're not necessarily speaking of the elemental quality of the blood in and of itself. We're speaking of the fact that his blood, which was shed, okay, his life of righteousness, his the fact that he took the penalty of our sins through the shedding of his blood, okay, is what is what protects us. And just as God would pass over, okay, oh, excuse me, I hit my mic, uh, as God would pass over, okay, as he saw the uh, blood on the doorpost, right, it's the same, basically the same principle with us that have moved from death and moved into the kingdom of his marvelous light. 
Right. And so thus we are positionally covered by the blood. Okay. And in essence, right. And, and I know a lot of people don't like when I say this, but there's a principal truth in this. So the blood, cause the key thing you said was that they take the principle as if the blood is like to keep your, the enemies away from you and everything else. But really the blood, you know, if I could say this in the most purest of layman terms, the blood was actually to keep God away from you, okay, as far as being an object of wrath, okay? <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Of being an object of wrath, and so thus God passes over, okay? And because our sin debt is paid because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right. So, so were you finished with your point? Yes. Okay, so <clears throat> excuse me. let me, to add to that. Yes. Right? This is one of the things that we have got to understand, right, is that when, when and this is to everybody, understand, when, when a preacher is preaching to you and the preacher is teaching you, you make sure that what he is saying by giving you, you know, God will do this and God will do that, make sure that the correlate, that, that the illusion or the, the, the metaphor or the teaching lines up with what the Bible says. Exactly. And so that's what you were talking about, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. this is, understand, let's look at this teaching right quick. Right? Yes. So Jesus, uh, God tells them, take a lamb. Yes. Kill a lamb. Mm-hmm. Take the blood. Yes. Wipe it over your put, doorpost. Put it on the doorpost. I'm coming. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kill. Mm-hmm. If I see the blood, mm-hmm. I'm going to pass over. I'm going to go pass. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now let's look at the teaching today. Yes. Plead the blood. Yes. Because if you plead the blood mm-hmm. over your finances, uh-huh. the demon the demon has to leave your finances alone. Uh-huh. Plead the blood. Right. Over your marriage. Uh-huh. Because if you plead the blood, mm-hmm. that evil spirit will leave your, your, your relationship alone. Right. Plead the blood. Uh-huh. Over your health. Uh-huh. Because if you plead the blood, then your body's healed. Your body will be healthy. Exactly. Well, l- it doesn't line up. It's not correlated. It, it, because <laughs> it wasn't a demon who was coming to kill to kill in, in, in Exodus, Mm-mm. right? It wasn't to protect everybody from health because, honestly, everybody in the house mm-hmm. wouldn't have died. Exactly. It was only coming after the firstborn. after the firstborn. That's correct. And so it wasn't to protect them from their financial bankruptcy. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. And at the end of the day, it wasn't a demon at all. Nope. This was God. God himself. So the blood is not to protect you from a demon. No. It's like you said, it's to protect you from, from God. the just punishment <laughs> yes. that we rightly deserve. Exactly. If God did this, right? Mm-hmm. So and then and then another thing. So what happens then after the Exodus, God says to the children of Israel, I want you to remember this day mm-hmm. as a memorial, right? Every year you are to celebrate the day that by the blood I pass over mm-hmm. you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so what happens now is they didn't have to kill goats. Or lambs every year. Right. Right. Well, they did. But, I mean, yes. you know, but but it, it, it wasn't that Jesus or God was coming to kill the firstborn. Every no, he wasn't right? coming. Yes. This was a memorial. Mm-hmm. And so 
In other words, God is telling them, I don't need you to remind me every year that I passed over. Mm -hmm. I know I did that. You don't have to say it every day. You don't have to say it once a month. Just celebrate. Right. Celebrate it. Mm -hmm. That that I look beyond your faults Mm -hmm. and I supplied your needs. There you go. So now what happens now is that. Let me let me read a, a, a text. Go ahead, please. Um, Hebrews nine, and I'm gonna read this from. Uh, I think this is the new. This is the Holman's Bible. Okay. Ooh, okay. I have to get a Holman. I have to get a Holman. Yeah. <laughs> so this, I'm gonna read Hebrews nine. I'm gonna start at verse twelve. I'm gonna read down to uh, fourteen. Mm-hmm. It says, "He entered the holy of holies once for all, mm-hmm. not by the blood of goats and calves." But by his own blood, mm-hmm. having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of the heifer sprinkled those uh, heifer sprinkling those who are defiled, sanctify, sanctify for the purification of the flesh. How much more will the blood of the Messiah Mm-hmm. who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse our conscience from dead works for, uh, to save the living, to serve the living God. So what happens is Jesus's blood, and, 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 and this is another thing, all of the research, I, and I already knew this, but the research points to the fact that whenever the blood of Jesus is mentioned or referenced in scripture, Mm -hmm. it always points to the sacrificial work of him atoning for our sins. Exactly. And so just like the lamb, the blood causes uh, us to be protected and saved and set free. Mm -hmm. The blood of Jesus is meant to, to, to secure and procure our victory. Yes. From damnation mm-hmm. the penalty from our sin mm-hmm. and so that's what when, when 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 you plead the blood what you're pleading and what you're saying is i was lost in sin but jesus set me free mm-hmm. and has paid my tendon my sin debt and now i have victory amen amen that's 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 what pleading the blood is. that's what it is right. and that's what it should be right. that's what it should be right what, yes what, what, that's what it is that's what it is <laughs> now, i mean that's that's what it is yes now, now the problem is uh-huh is that you have individuals who are going going around and they're making merchandise of the blood of Jesus. Mm. They're, they're, they're adding something to it that's not, that it's not meant for. Exactly. Right. And so I, I'm going to say this and I'm going to give it back to you. Yes. And I told you this, you know, when, when I was studying and I was looking at this, um, I was looking at this. There was uh, an article that I read. Mm-hmm. And, and the author, the author of the article he said, hey, you know what? Listen, you know, if some people will plead the blood and um, that brings us to the second account of a mystical, magical uh-huh. phrase. Right. Right. Let, let me read this thing here right quick. Go um, ahead, please. Uh, I'll put all of this stuff over it. And I can't. OK. Uh, it is important to note that pleading the blood is not found anywhere in Scripture. That's correct. There are no instances 
um, that feature someone pleading the blood of Jesus in one area of their life or another. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there is another little thing that I said. Uh, man, I got so much paper in here. Oh. Though many Christians use the term pleading the blood, it is important most used uh, commonly by the by those who teach the prosperity gospel. Right. Um, and then there's another little segment that, that just specifically says that um, that pleading the blood does not have any mystical or magical power mm-hmm. to it. So just because you say the phrase I'm pleading the blood does not obligate God to do anything. That you say. Exactly. It, it's, not, it, it's not a guarantee that you plead the blood over your finances and the bankruptcy will stop. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not a guarantee you plead the blood over a sick loved one and they will be healed. They'll be healed of right? mm-hmm. And so the, 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 the article basically says that, um, that some people, you know, th- however, when they plead the blood, right, they plead the blood. Um, because it's, this is spiritual warfare that we right. all of this, and that's, we didn't say it, but all of this mm-hmm. is basically within the realm of spiritual warfare. Right. right? And so, spiritual warfare is real. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, demons are real. Mm-hmm. Demons do attack Christians. Yes. Right. And if you if you're not saved, then psh, you 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 really have no hope. Right. But if you're born again and you're saved, the Bible says that all those who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. persecution. Amen. So if you're living and trying to do the best that you can for God, and you you're reading His Word and you're you're growing in the faith and you're trying mm-hmm. to share your faith and evangelize and do those things, they're gonna be there ought to be some sort of spiritual demonic attack that comes against you, right? Exactly. So spiritual warfare is keen. Yes. Now, what the author said in his um, article is that, hey, you know, if, if, if you got somebody who pleads the blood and they're pleading, the, they say, hey, I plead the blood, and they're using that as a means to not to elevate themselves and, and take authority over this and try to like somehow build themselves up as though they have some magical power. Right. Right. But what they're doing is they're using the term with the mindset of saying, God, I plead the blood, the blood of Jesus that saved my, saved me from my sin, the blood of Jesus that has washed me and made me whole within the blood of Jesus that, takes my guilt away takes yes. my, my 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 shame away and has brought me into a right relationship with God and so I'm I plead the blood because the blood of Jesus has let me know that the victory excuse me the victory in my case mm-hmm. is won exactly. and so if 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 you're doing it pleading the blood from that standpoint mm-hmm. his argument is then I don't see a problem with it. Right. Now, if you're on the other hand, if you're using, well, I plead the blood of Jesus on my finances and you're saying it as though it's some kind of mystical, magical uh, incantation that will just, ma- you know, make God have to do whatever you say. Mm-hmm. He said, then that's problematic. Mm-hmm. Now, let me, I'm going to close it with this. Um, I struggled with his statement. 
Okay. Right. I, I struggle with it at first because my thing is, well, why say it in the first place? I mean, why, why, why even? I mean, <laughs> I don't need to say I need the blood. Of, I, I plead the blood of Jesus. All I can, I should say, God, even though I'm going through this difficult time, I'm trusting in you, Holy mm-hmm. Ghost. Yes. It may, you know, I, Lord, I'm putting it all in, in your hands. I'm, I, I just pray, God, that you would strengthen me to be able to trust in you. Da 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 da. Right. But just, well, I, I don't have to say the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But then I had to humble myself and say, you know what? If saying if 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 the if the mind and, and the intention of the heart is still to 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 trust God and to believe God for what His will to be done, mm-hmm. just to use the phrase "I plead the blood," as long as the mindset is not trusting in yourself or in this magical formula, but trusting in God, mm-hmm. then. I, I can kind of go along with that. I can agree with that. And, and just to back up real quick, right, because there is the idea, like, say, for example, let me see if I can squeeze this out real quick. Um, like, say, for example, like when we say I can do all things through Christ with strength in me. Right. Um, you know, I know Steph Curry got it also, you know, as a, you know, part of his shoe line is like a, a logo that's a, on his shoes. You know, we have T-shirts that say it and things of that nature. And the 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 verse itself has kind of become like a mantra that says that basically if I just quote this and tell my this and say I can do all things through Christ with strength in me then all of a sudden I can do a 360 degree dunk like Michael Jordan or whatever the case is right, <laughs> right. but I'm only 5'9 okay there was Spud well but you get what I'm saying right and so so at the end of the day but, but when the you exception <laughs> to the rule not the rule right but when you study scripture and you find out exactly what Paul was saying was Paul was saying that in essence in whatever circumstance that he was in as far as doing the work of the kingdom okay he can do all things through Christ with strength because he said I know what it's like to abide I know what it's like to be, you know, he talked about the experiences that he has or uh, that he had as far as his journey throughout the gospel. OK. Right. And he knowed how to if he didn't if he was with lack, he knew he could do all things. If he was in abundance, he knew he could do all things. OK. Right. Because God has given him the sufficiency of grace to do it. So so thus it takes it takes a whole new context. So it's the same thing with the idea of pleading the blood, I think. And so, you know, when we make it this mantra of okay, I plead the blood over this and plead the blood over that. It in essence seems and 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 fill in the blanks for me on this. It, it it seems like what we're doing is is that we're we're taking the sovereignty of God out of the equation. Okay, not your will be done, but my will be done because you know this so-called demon of this and this demon of that and this the spirit of this and that spirit of that. Or I pleaded over this and pleaded over that. You're trying to affect the income uh, uh, outcome, rather I should say, an outcome. Never mind what God's will is, but this is what I want. And because I'm quoting this, okay, it, it almost it, and, and and you said something that uh, that, that that I wish we could have had a little more bit more time. To harp on because when you look at the idea that such phraseology finds its origins in prosperity gospel teachings okay and in a nutshell and we will definitely discuss that in down down the road too but in essence the prosperity gospel has made god nothing more but a cosmic bellhop okay or a genie or a genie you know what i mean at the end of the day like the blue one from aladdin if you will all right (laughs) and because i say a certain catchphrase or i do shazat shazam or i do the holy ghost hokey pokey put my left foot in put my right foot out and all that stuff right god is obligated to do whatever it is that I say or ask, but not realizing that 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 God is not obligated to act in that sense. But when we align ourselves with his thinking on these things, and that's why I understand what you're saying from the perspective of when we understand that it is the blood.
blood of Jesus that has given us the victory, that has secured our destiny, all right, uh, uh, that has secured our destiny, meaning that uh, that he is the author and the finisher of our faith, the thing that he started within us, he's going to he's going to finish it. Right. And so so if we're looking at the ideology and, and maybe I would go as far as to say maybe we need to change the wording, but maybe in the sense of the ideology, if we're looking at the idea of pleading the blood from the perspective of the victory that we have, not trying to con- control a circumstance. OK, because at the end of the day, I don't know about anybody else, but I will want the will of God in my circumstance in my own will. OK, but at the end of the day, if we are looking at it from the perspective of 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 lord let your will be done i say it like that because i know i am victorious then i would agree with you on that i i see where you know where that that uh would fall within the uh within the pale of orthodoxy you know what i would encourage our listeners to do is um i i went to the internet and i found i found uh a little man i got so much paper here it says uh Pleading the blood, 91 Bible verses about pleading the blood of Jesus. Now, I, I, you know, I don't agree with the premise, but all it is is Bible verses yes. um, that talk about the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. 91 of them, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I've read all of these. And I'm going to tell you, man, after I got finished reading them, mm-hmm. I felt so uh, uplifted. Okay. Um, now, there's nothing in here. There's no commentary. It's just, these are just Bible it's verses. just a verse. But see, when you read Scripture and you read it from the proper context of looking at what the Bible says about the blood of Jesus, man, you, you will walk away when you get a good understanding about the power of the blood of Jesus, what the blood of Jesus has done for us, mm-hmm. right? Man, you, you, have, you, you will come away with such a liberation mm-hmm. in your spirit. That you don't have to, you won't have to plead the blood, walk around pleading the blood. You'll walk around with confidence. Yes. In the God who has secured your salvation. Amen. 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 And I think that's a beautiful point. Uh, we got a new technician, y'all. No, just kidding. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> What's your name, brother? Mark. 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 Okay. Mark what? Man, we're just going to call you Mark. We're going to call him Marky Mark. No, just Marky Mark. Okay. Mark. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he let us know that we, uh, we are coming down to the, uh, to the last few seconds. So, well, so we might have to follow up on this again, brother. Let's, you know, we might have to do a part two. On yeah. This. Listen, we, 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 I, you know, and, and we had a conversation with um, someone last week and, you know, one, one of the things it's the hour is just not, not long enough. Oh. It's, it's not long enough. <laughs> and so, you know, and, and, you know, we, we, if we have to go, and matter of fact, we're going, we're going to, let's do it again next week. Yeah. Let's do it again um, next week. Cause I think there's a lot more we still need to. Cover. Yeah. We, th- there's a lot more uh, uh-huh. of this that, that we need to talk about. And, um, we, we, 